Welcome to the Vanessa Connection. I am that Vanessa. In this episode, let's talk about spirit guides. So before I actually had a spirit guide, back in the day, before all of my life got a little bit crazy, I would hear other people talk about it. And I honestly had absolutely no understanding of what they were talking about. So fast forward, I've mentioned in episodes before, my mom passed away and my life just got kind of strange after that. So I had my own salon and I, you know, worked there all the time. I had moved a large piece of furniture by myself though, and I probably tore my rotator cuffs. And so doing hair was really kind of becoming hard for me. So I thought, well, I'm back in school. I'm looking at other options, you know, as far as my second half of my life career. Maybe I'll take a part-time job somewhere kind of dabbling around in an area that I might be interested in. And lo and behold, one of the best businesses in our town was hiring for a part-time position for an office assistant. I knew nothing about acupuncture and Chinese medicine, but it sounded super interesting. And the owner and I had a couple friends in common. And so I applied and subsequently got the job. And then about a week later, another girl uh, started part-time also. This comes in handy. This information comes in handy later in the story. So I had been working there about two weeks. I went home and I only lived about two blocks away from the building. And the building is actually a historic mansion in Carson City, Nevada. It's the Yarrington Mansion. So I'm home. My best friend stops by. We're just hanging out. And my boss texts me and she asks if I was positive that the front door was locked because the security company has called her and said that the front door is open. So being only two blocks away, I thought, well, heck, I'll just go down there. She says, don't bother. The police are on their way. They'll check it out. And I'm like, no, I'm going down there. So me and my buddy Cheryl hop in her car because it was freezing cold and we're not walking down there. So we get down there and the officer is walking around and he's standing at the front door. And not only is it closed, it's locked. So he asks me to do a perimeter check with him to make sure everything looks okay. And he shines his light in one, this, this side building, side part of the building. And I notice that the light is on. Now I know that light was not on because I'm the one who shut it off. And once you shut that light off, it, it, I was standing in pitch black, dark, and it's scary. So shut the light off and I run my butt back to the main part of the building. So I tell him that. And his response was like, these old buildings freak me out. So lock, you know, just check everything, get in the car, drive home. And I let my boss know that everything looks okay. And so she asks if I mind going in and checking something for her. So I'm like, uh, okay. Sure. So I get back in the car, drive back down there. I'm making Cheryl go with me because now it's definitely dark outside. So we go in the back door and she, my boss wants me to check the front door sensor. It's like a little motion sensor that's up by the ceiling 
to see if possibly there's a spider in it uh, that could be setting off the sensor because she said it is unusual for the front door sensor to be going off. Maybe it's a spider. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And as I'm walking from the back door to the front door, I instantly just boom, like I feel something and I know there's no spider. I know something is amiss. Now, the funny thing is, is my friend Cheryl uh, was talking to a new love interest. So she's texting and she may have even actually been talking on the phone, but she's kind of not paying attention. So we walk around the whole place um, and I look up where the, where the motion sensor is and I don't see any spiders and there's a big chandelier, you know, not too far from where the motion sensor is. I don't even see any cobwebs or spider webs or anything. And this is one of those, you know, old Victorian homes with the really tall ceilings. So I text her and I'm like, Hey, nothing. And she says, she calls me. She wants to talk to me on the phone. She says, do you mind going and getting a towel and like flicking up there to make sure, just, just make sure there's no spider in there. Like hit the sensor with a towel. And I'm like, look, lady, I know this ain't a spider. There's something going on here. I don't know what's going on, but I can feel something and just, you know, so I do that. There's no spider. Um, and I tell her, I said, well, while I'm in here, why don't I just make a quick walk around the entire house, uh, which includes a small upstairs. There's two offices up there. So Cheryl and I walk upstairs and now Cheryl is definitely on the phone talking to, uh, this girl she just met. And there's all these little attic doors that lead into crawl spaces in the attic part of this house. And some of them are usually just kind of open because we kept file boxes in there. So I come to one and it's the only one that's closed and it is usually open. It's in the office manager's office. And so I go to pull on it and not only does it not open, it feels like something is on the other side holding it. Not like it's stuck or jammed. It felt like someone had a hold of it from the other side. And so I look at Cheryl and she looks at me and I'm like, nope, we're good. We're out. So we go back downstairs. So I'm making a walk through the rest of the downstairs. There's lots of treatment rooms. So we go back through and I'm going to take the towel and I'm going to put it back in the laundry room. And to get to the laundry room, I have to go by what is kind of the, the kitchen of the home. Uh, it's like our break area. It's where we heat up our lunch and stuff. So I walk, I'm walking past there and it sounds like somebody throws a metal bowl across the kitchen. And I'm still on the phone with my boss and that scares the crap out of me. So I'm like, oh my God, what was that? And she says, what? And I, and I tell her what the sound sounded like. And I'm looking in the kitchen now and I don't see a metal bowl anywhere. The rest of the building is carpeted. So, you know, it wouldn't have made that sound. And so I'm looking in the kitchen. I don't see anything. And I'm like, I don't know. There was just this really scary sound. And my boss says, um, I, I need to tell you something. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what? And she says, well, um, the, the building is kind of uh, active. And I'm like, what? And she's like, the building's haunted. And I'm like, no shit, lady. I figured that part out. Is it going to try to kill me or hurt me? And she says, no, no, no. It's never, it's never hurt anybody. It's not like that. But it, it's just very active. And we don't 
you know, she's like, if I told everybody that whoever worked there or came in the building, I'd have no employees. We just kind of get used to it and it's okay. So I'm thinking, what in the heck? Okay, well, as long as she's aware of it, cool, whatever, I'm out. (laughs) So I make sure everything's locked up and Cheryl and I go back to my house. It's been a long day at this point. Not only am I new on this job, it's a very fast paced job, but now I've just dealt with some something that I don't know what the hell it is. And I am just feeling like drained, but I need to take a shower. So I, you know, Cheryl goes home, I get in the shower. Now, my house was built in 1918 and it also has really high ceilings. And in the bathroom around my bathtub is those, you know, like circular metal bars that your uh, shower curtain hangs from. And I've lived there like a year or so. So I get in my shower and I'm taking my shower and my shower curtain is clinging to me. Like it is sticking to me and it's never done that. And so I'm like, what in the heck? And I'm trying to unstick it and like stick it back to the side of the bathtub. And it is like sucking onto my legs and it just doesn't seem normal. Now, here's a part I forgot to mention earlier. Earlier in the day, there was this horrible smell. And I don't know what it was. It was just, it was horrible. It was just disgusting. And I just decided, well, a lot of people who work here eat lots of fermented food. So maybe that's what I'm smelling. Maybe it's just some weird food that I'm not used to or Maybe someone's gassy. I don't know, but it was like the worst smell I'd ever smelled. And it was in the kitchen at work. So now I'm in the shower. The shower curtain is clinging to me. And I'm like, what in the hell? And that smell starts to rise up in my shower. And all of a sudden I know something ain't right again. And I'm like, what the ever loving, oh my God. And I'm starting to panic. So I shut the shower off, grab my towel. I'm starting to dry off. And I open my shower curtains and there is, <clears throat> I don't, for lack of a better word, a ghost standing there and it's a man and the smell is coming from him and I'm like overwhelmed and I'm panicking and I'm wishing that Cheryl would come back, but I'm in full panic mode now. And the man says, my name is Nathaniel. I was a soldier and his voice is weird. It's like maybe English, I don't know, but it was kind of like nasally and lilty. I don't know how to describe that. Uh, The closest voice I could even kind of compare it to, if any of you ever saw The Last Samurai, the man who did the translation between the uh, Japanese people and um, Tom Cruise. It's just a strange kind of voice, but even more so than that man's voice. And he, after he says his name and tells me that he was a soldier, he starts sending me all of these pictures in my, like I can see them in my head. And he's showing me that he was in that house. So he says he went there for refuge, um, that he was injured. And and so I'm seeing his arm and it's gangrenous. And I'm like, oh God, that's what that smell is. I, that is the worst smell I've ever smelled. So he's showing me his arm. He's showing me that he went to the house for refuge, but that he died there alone. And of course, I'm scared. 
I'm overwhelmed by this smell. And I'm like, bull crap, bull crap that I, I don't believe you for a minute. That home, I believe, has been in constant use since it was built. I think it's always been inhabited. Why would it ever be empty? And why in the world would a British soldier or a European soldier be there, let alone die there? And it just made no sense to me at all. So I'm very upset. I'm like telling him to get the hell away from me because now I'm sure I am truly losing my mind. So I get in my room, I get my pajamas on and I get in my bed and I cover my head with my blankets and I'm, I'm laying on my right side and I am just, I'm sure that I've lost my mind because this doesn't just happen, you know, and I hear, talk to her, she can see us, talk to her, she can see us, like whispering and it's like a group of people and they're all saying this. And now I'm like, holy crap, what the hell is going on? So I just yell, I can't see you. I can hear you and you're scaring me. Please stop. So these two, like, you know, I've still got my head under my blanket, so I can't see anything, but I could feel a masculine and a feminine energy kind of step forward from this group of, of whatever's. And the, the male kind of shushes the female and then he begins to speak and he tells me that he's a doctor and he starts to give me his whole story so he's Chinese he was in a doctor in China uh, he's from a family of doctors in China you know very proud and noble and he has known my boss for many he shows me like many years but it comes across as like many lifetimes like they've known each other many lifetimes and now uh, he feels that she is not being mindful of the energetic practice, which, you know, I would have to disagree. She's kind of a badass in her field. Uh, she's a Reiki master. She's very uh, conscious. And this guy is telling me that, you know, he wants, he needs to work with her, in fact. And he's telling me the story. And then it's like a, a chunk was missing. There's like a black space of words that I don't, and I'm like, I don't, I, you know, and now I'm, I'm still freaking out, but I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what you're saying. So he's wanting me to tell my boss that they need to work together. He's going to handle like the spiritual energetic side. And she is going to, you know, meld with him in the spiritual side of it, but she is the physical, like she's his hands. And I'm thinking, there's no way in hell I'm going into work tomorrow and telling my boss any of this. Like she's going to have me committed because this is some batshit crazy stuff. And so then, oh, and I think he tells me that his name is like Dr. Wu. And I'm like, of course it is. Yes, Dr. Wu. That's it because, you know, of course it is. So he kind of steps back and the female energy steps forward. And I'm like, oh, great. Who are you? Like Dr. Ling, you know? And she just bows and she says, Chow. And I'm like, of course, Dr. Chow. <laughs> right. Okay. I am tired. I am grouchy. I am scared. You're freaking me out and I just want to go to sleep. 
And she says to me, like, don't, you have to roll over. You have to lay on your left side. It's, she says, it's more better for you. And I start to go into like, I can't roll over on my left side because my sciatic nerves are, are killing me right now. I'm comfortable on my right side. And then I'm like, who the hell am I even arguing with? I am arguing with voices in my head. What the F? And so then she gets adamant and she says, no, you roll over. I give you ethereal acupuncture. It's more better for you. And so I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. I'm just going to roll over because I've lost my mind and who cares? So I roll over and as soon as I roll over, it feels like I get stung in the butt cheeks by bees. Like it was that gnarly and it makes me catch my breath. And so I'm like, (gasps) oh, and then I must have fallen asleep because I don't remember anything after that. So I get up in the morning and I'm like, okay, all right. Those were some really weird dreams but they were just dreams. It's all okay. You're going to go to work. You're not going to discuss this and everything's going to be fine. Perhaps you should look into getting another assessment because just this is not okay. So, okay. It's not what the voices are telling you, or it's not that you're hearing voices. It's what the voices are telling you. So, They're still not telling me to hurt myself. They're still not telling me to hurt anybody else. They're not, I'm, I'm not being persecuted, but this is some extraordinary voices and there's lots of them. And so I'm like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and I'm just going to get through my day. Well, that didn't happen. So now I'm at work and I'm, you know, getting the rooms opened up and there's that smell again. And I'm like, okay, for the love of God, you have to stop with that damn smell. I understand that you want me to know you're here. I can see you. I can hear you, but I can't handle that smell. And so this Nathaniel guy is following me around room to room. And he's just telling me his nonstop story about he's lonely and nobody, nobody talks to him. And so I'm like, why don't you go talk to the Chinese people? They seem awfully nice. And he says, no, they don't like me. I'm not allowed to go in there. So I'm guessing that one part of the house was like where they hung out. I don't know. At that point, I didn't know. Now I know. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So just keep talking because I got work to do. So I'm going from room to room, opening the rooms and getting them all prepped for opening. And I go into this one room and he just won't come in. He's stopped at the doorway and he's kind of looking around like sheepishly. I don't know how else to describe that. So I'm like, what's the problem? How come you don't come in here? And he says, she doesn't like me. She doesn't let me in there. And of course, so I'm like, who doesn't let you in here? You know, you're a ghost, dude. You can kind of do whatever you want. And he says, the repetitive woman. And I'm thinking, what the hell does that mean? What is, what is a repetitive woman? And so then he shoots me a picture of what I believe is a housekeeper. And, but for whatever reason, she doesn't like him to go in that room. So I later find out that the lady of the house, Mrs. Yarrington, that was her drawing room. Um, and so I guess the housekeeper 
just told this Nathaniel dude that he couldn't go in there? I don't know. This is still a lot of information for me. You know, even this many years later, I still think about this and I'm like, what in the hell? So I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. So then I go back down the hallway and I'm going into that part of the, the, the building where not only the light, you know, flicked back on, but I guess that's where the Chinese people kind of dwell. I don't know. Oh, they did. So the group that had first, uh, the, the first group that I heard talking to me, the ones that were saying, you know, talk to her, she can see you. They identified themselves as coolies, which I know is a very derogatory word, but that is what they told me. So, you know, of course that gives me an idea of what their job was in this house. Now, come to find out later that this room actually did have bunks in it and there were in fact uh, Chinese people that worked for Mr. Yarrington and that was their sleeping room. So that was kind of cool to find out. So anyways, I go back there and that Dr. Wu guy just kind of nods to me. He really, you know, lets me know that he has no, nothing more to say to me because I am not uh, his focus. My boss is his focus. But there's, there's Dr. Chow and she's like right up in my face. And so I'm like, hey, whatever you did last night was amazing. And I'm so appreciative. You scared the crap out of me. But I have no pain in my hips today. So thank you. And so then I start to be like, hey, you know what? My shoulders, you know, of course, just talk to the the ghost lady. (laughs) She fixed her sciatic. Why can't she fix your shoulders? So I start to talk about my shoulders and she shakes her finger in my face and she says, "Mm -mm -mm. first you meditate in gratitude, then more healing comes. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. I totally, I'm totally grateful, but I will do that. I will meditate in gratitude. Uh, and so, okay, well I gotta go, you know, and I'm getting to zip out and she gets in front of me again. She wags her finger and she says, "Mm, you too much hurry. And I'm like, well, yeah, I gotta hurry. We're trying to get the business open. And she says, no, you too much hurry. And so, you know, she kind of gives me a picture. And so I'm like, oh, I am too much hurry. And she said, "Mm." like, yes, she nods. And I, so I paused for a minute and I thought, well, yes, I'm an adult woman with ADD. I am too much hurry. That is probably the most perfect description of myself that I have ever heard. So yeah, I agree. I am too much hurry. And now I got to go. So I bail out of there and I'm back and I, you know, I'm still telling myself, okay, all right, at least they're friendly voices. You don't ever have to discuss this with anybody else, but, uh, it's okay. So just keep it to yourself and don't lose this job because it's fun and it's interesting and it'll all be okay. Well, I'm not good at keeping my mouth shut. So of course my boss comes in a little while later and it was like, bleh, like word vomit out of my mouth all over her. And I'm talking about this doctor and 
And I'm thinking she's going to be like, well, you know what? It was nice knowing you and you can just go ahead and get your stuff and go. But she doesn't. She actually pauses and she says, you know what? When I first bought this building, some people came by with an article out of the newspaper talking about uh, a, a doctor or a Chinese immigrant. And she kind of explained, you know, she's telling me basically that what the doctor told me was true. And she's not freaked out at all. She's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And so I'm kind of left standing there thinking, I, <laughs> uh, okay, all right, well, maybe I'm not crazy. I don't know. So she goes her way and she's doing something and I'm like trying to hold back. I'm trying to hold back because I don't want to tell her about everything else. Um, but then she comes back and I end up telling her. So I'm like, okay. And then there was a woman and I'm telling her all about the woman. And she says, I swear, I swear I have another news article about a woman also. And she's like, I'll try to find it. I don't know if it's in storage or at my house, but I've definitely, that definitely sounds familiar. And I'm, I'm just completely blown away at this point because like, not only is she not freaked out, but she is pretty much confirming everything that I heard. So, you know, then at lunchtime, she's sitting at her desk charting patients and she's like, did you hear anything else? And so I tell her that it started with this Nathaniel dude and I'm explaining to her. And so she's, you know, I can't see what she's doing. I'm not looking at her computer because she's charting patients. She's Googling it. And so she comes up with a possibility. And I cannot, Carter, I think was his last name, Nathaniel Carter. I don't remember. So don't go Google that and look at it. But apparently there was some validity to a European or English soldier being in that area at that time. And it sounds like he may have been married to one of the local Paiute women. Now, here's the thing. Remember that little tidbit because it gets a little bit more interesting later. So I kind of sheepishly later, I'm like, thank you for not thinking I'm a nut job and firing me. Some really weird stuff has been happening over the last few years. And this is kind of one of the pinnacles of the weirdness. So I definitely appreciate your understanding, even if you do think I'm nuts. And so she truly was just so gracious. And she points to the file cabinets and there's a lot of them. And there are thousands of files in those file cabinets. And of course, as an assistant, as a you know, as her office assistant, I have access to those files and I see their names and their patients that come and go. And she says, do you see all those files? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, I want you to know them that better than 80% of the people in those files have experiences very similar to yours, or at least that they cannot explain, but that are not harmful. So I was like, okay. And she said, so I don't think you're crazy. And I don't even actually find it unusual. Does that make you feel any better? And of course it made me, you know, kind of feel better. I'm like, oh, cool. We're all nuts. That's awesome. 
But I understood what she said, and I really appreciated it. You know, and coming from a doctor, a medical doctor, she is a medical doctor. Uh, I was kind of blown away. Like, not only was she not judgy, but she was just so, like, cool as a cucumber about the whole thing. So now let's move on. I go home, and I'm laying in bed again, and here come, not the coolies. The coolies are, I don't know where they are. They're probably still back at the house or at the office. The Dr. Wu and Dr. Chow come back, and uh, they're standing there, and he's, he's continuing to kind of press me that he wants me to tell her that he wants to work with her. And so, because I didn't tell her that part, and I'm thinking, okay, all right, it's one thing that I'm hearing voices. It's one thing that most of her patients hear voices. It's a whole nother thing for me to tell her that the voices want to work with her and participate in her practice. And so I'm, I'm going over his story again. And so I ask him to please clarify, what is, what is that portion of that sentence that I'm not getting? I don't understand what that means. Maybe that will make me understand because I just don't. So he, I don't know what he did. It, it like took a few minutes and then the word like popped in my head and the word was dishonor. So when he came here, he thought that he would get to continue to practice medicine professionally and he did not. He was basically just a houseman. He did offer his services to the rest of the Chinese community in Carson City, probably in and around Carson City, I would say, um, but he never got to practice professionally. And that he felt that dishonored not only himself, but his family by not living up to being a doctor. So that blew me away because, of course, I don't understand the word dishonor in any way that a Chinese man especially a Chinese man of that era would understand dishonor. Like, you know, that's on the verge of having to commit suicide because of dishonor. So it, when that wave of emotion came over me and he kind of let me understand, I was like, oh, okay, I get now why you want me to talk to the boss lady and convey this message to her. I will do that if I can. I will try to get her to understand. And then that was it. He really kind of like backed out and backed off. They both went away, but he really had no interest in me other than I guess I was the only person who was listening and willing to have conversations with them. Kind of interesting. So this is all still on my mind and, you know, the building itself, like the entire building, the electric, the electricity would do weird things. And I thought, oh, it's just an old building. Well, she, when she bought the building, there had been all kinds of electrical issues. And then she had had to replace the wiring in that, in the building twice because it completely fried out. And there was never any explanation why all of the wiring would fry out when it was brand new. So I found out later that it was Nathaniel and not that he was being aggressive or that he was intentionally frying out the electricity. He just is a very emotional type of person and he would get overwhelmed 
and he would want attention and it would just kind of cause this shockwave. Uh, so of course I was like, okay, can we not do that anymore? <laughs> Cause that's, that's bad. Don't do that. And I noticed that each time a new person came to work, we would have tons of not only electrical issues, but computer issues, things that just had made no sense at all. So as a group, they finally came to me and said, it's upsetting when people come in and we are just ignored. We live here too. This is our home and we're always just ignored. And since you're the one who can see us and hear us, we would like you to introduce the new people that come in here to us. And I'm thinking, oh, good. Sure. <laughs> of course. Every time we hire someone new, I'm just going to walk them around the house and introduce them to the ghosts because why wouldn't I do that? Okay, but I actually really had to do that <laughs> because I didn't do it and we just would have the weirdest issues and they would look at me like look we're telling you just do it so the next person that we hired and she was seriously the sweetest girl ever and I don't know that she believed in ghosts I know they kind of scared her so this poor girl <laughs> I uh, so I told my boss I'm like so I'm gonna try something because I don't want the computers to glitch out and, and die. I have been told that I need to instruct any, or I need to introduce anybody new to the ghosts, if that's cool. And she just kind of looked at me. She's like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> so this poor girl. So I tell her, so I walk her in the back room, you know, over where like the Chinese, uh, the Chinese people uh, dwell. And I'm like, please don't be scared. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just really trying to save the computer. <laughs> And so I just do a simple introduction and she's looking at me like, what the heck have I gotten myself into? But she was totally cool with it and she worked there for a really long time and it was great. And we did not have any computer issues at all. So that was, that was excellent also. Okay. So a couple weeks after all of this happened, you know, I like you don't you just don't forget about stuff like this so I am talking to one of my friends uh her name is Liz and she is super awesome and she's very open-minded uh and so I am telling her about this she came down to get a haircut and I'm explaining this whole thing to her and she says well have you googled it so I'm telling her about Dr. Chow and she's like did you google it and of course, I'm like, no, Liz, I don't generally Google the voices in my head, you know, <laughs> duh. <laughs> and she's like, well, Google it, you know, basically like, you dumbass, Google it. So I start to Google it and I'm putting in Dr. Chow and I'm not finding anything. And so then I put, uh, I, I put something like Dr. Chow maybe female doctors uh, of Victorian era, Carson City, something like that. But it popped up a book and it was like uh, doctors and healers of the 19th century 
you know, Northern Nevada or something like that. And so I click on it and I'm, I'm looking through it. I want you to know that like my face went numb. Hui Sing Chow. Okay. She was not a doctor. She was a midwife. She spoke, she, she'd come over from China, but she learned to speak fluent Paiute. And so she attended to women's health, like the Paiute women's health from Carson City all the way down to, and I can't remember if it's Lone Pine or White Pine in California, but that's kind of like the Paiute area. And I'm reading this out loud to Liz and I'm looking at her and my face is numb. And, and then I'm remembering back to the night, you know, when I met this woman and she didn't tell me she was a doctor. I was like, Dr. What? You know, and she said, chow. So she didn't say Dr. Chow. She just said chow. And I just assumed she was a doctor. So Mrs. Chow is one of my spirit guides. And I didn't know she was my spirit guide at that time, but over the years, she has saved my butt a couple of times and she has done it in such a gracious way, but also so obvious. Like, how could I have not known that was her saving my ass? And then when I finally realized it, I was like, oh my gosh. And like, she would just show up and kind of bow to me. So that was pretty flippant amazing. So Mrs. Chow has been my spirit guide. I want to say, gosh, four or five years now. Um, and we've been through some stuff together. And then if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that my mom passed away and then she was really close for a while. And then it was like she was moving through different dimensions or something. She just kept getting farther and farther and farther away. Um, and then in 2018, she was back like, and now, and, and but she was, she was back. I was going through uh, my shamanism initiation and she came back, you know, to help me do some work. Um, and then she kind of was off doing her own thing again. And I, I believe she was resting. I think there's a time of rest. Um, but now she's back and she has shown me that she is definitely one of my spirit guides as well. So I have Mrs. Chow. I have my mom, whose name is Rainbow. And I also have this, I don't know that, I don't know if I would call them spirit guides. They are like a, uh, like a group, interdimensional beings. I don't even really know what to call them, but they have let me know that they claim me as their child. So like they've adopted me and they take responsibility for my safety and well-being and guidance through this lifetime, which still, when I say those words, they just sound so out there sometimes. But time and time again, these beings have proven themselves to me and it's really quite amazing. So, you know, I guess I'm a slow learner <laughs> and they are even continuing to show me some things as I progress along the way. So that's, you know, that's that part of it. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of really weird. And oftentimes I don't know what to think of it. And then I think, here you are recording a podcast that is going to be put out to the public 
and people are going to hear this and they are going to know that you are bunkers. Now, one of the great things about being a middle-aged woman (laughs) is that you really just kind of find yourself in a place where you don't care, or at least that's where I am. I don't care. And I know that other people are going through this and experiencing this, and they might be out there questioning their own mental health because of situations like this. So really, that is my goal in even doing this, is that number one, this shit is real. Number two, this shit is crazy. Number three, you're not alone. If no one else, and I know there's a lot of us, but if no one else... I'm out here. So don't, don't feel alone. It's okay to feel like you're going crazy, but you're not. I am not a doctor. I am not uh, a psychologist, but I began my studies and I've worked through so much stuff and I've worked with doctors and I've, I've had assessment after assessment just because I was trying to I think I was trying to maybe prove that I was crazy and then, you know, I'll just take a pill and everything will be okay. But that, it hasn't worked out that way. So let's, let's give the parameters of not crazy, but of maybe schizophrenia. It's not that you are hearing voices. That is the problem. It's what the voices are telling you. So the dividing line there is... Are the voices telling you to hurt yourself? Because that's a problem. Are the voices telling you to hurt somebody else? Because that's a problem. Are the voices telling you that you are being persecuted? That's kind of maybe where there's a problem, unless you truly are being persecuted. If you're experiencing voices giving you guidance, trying to help you along, that's not a problem. And from what I can tell, most people experience this. They just don't talk about it. So I am going to hold up my little candle and shine through the darkness and let you know you're not alone. I'm here. Reach out to me if you need to talk to someone. The Vanessa Connection at gmail.com. I am always up to talk. If we can't work it out by email, I will call you or you can call me and we will talk through it. Who knows? Maybe you want to come on the show and talk about your experience. That's always awesome. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your listenership. And I just want you to know you're not alone. And I love you. I will see you next week. Take care.